This is Betty Collins, and we are Inspiring Women, presented by Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women towards economic, social, and political achievement. I am here to inspire you to take steps to the next level in your career. Thanks for listening and investing your time in yourself. More about Inspiring Women in this episode can be found at bradyware.com resources. So today we're going to, to have a, a topic that I'm probably most familiar with and, and could probably talk about for more than one podcast. And it's charting a course for women that, you know, the, a financial guide is so important and it's something that doesn't always get done. So I really want to talk about it because I think you'll find some statistics that are very bothersome about it. Back in the day when my mom and dad were married and raising kids, uh, my mom did very, very little with money till later in life, but she made up for time, that's for sure. My dad kind of just carried the day with all of that. And then he retired early uh, than she did, and he went back to kind of handling money, and, and then she really wasn't too sure of things. And, and when it came time to, for her, you know, she's a widow now, to deal with money, she really had been out of the loop a long time. Fortunately, they had planned well, uh, but they never worked on it together. They never charted the course and, and had a plan. They just kept doing what they do, which is work hard, save, work hard, save. Not a bad, not a bad way to go, and they did pretty well. But it's mind-boggling that this is 2019. We're almost at the end of a decade, and that women today kind of take financial planning and put it in a drawer, maybe a closet under the rug. You would be amazed. It's not something that's really that they really are at the helm of. And why is that? I mean, we're dominating in so many ways. We're we're educating ourselves further than men. Uh, we are definitely dominating marketplace where we're starting more businesses. We're um, providing for our families, sometimes the provider. You know, we're becoming a lot more influential in top leadership positions, um, such as CEOs. You hear it a lot more in executive management, politics. We are on the rise there. I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but they do. And we're really just now making a lot of uh, room in the boardroom. You know, it's becoming more of our place. Uh, we actually have a seat at the table. So as we have, we're dominated and moving certainly forward, really scary statistics by UBS, who is a financial planning firm. But 85% of women today manage the expenses of their household. Whether they're married or single, it's just the woman takes that on. Uh, but only 23% take the lead when it comes to long-term financial planning. And really, it's kind of important because, for, first of all, women live longer than men. So you're going to have to have some dollars that last longer, right? Women tend to be a little more risk-adverse. We miss those growth opportunities because we, we don't necessarily want to take the risk. Um, a savings account and security sometimes comes a little bit before that. But what they did find was that women who do invest are much more strategic. They're more goal-driven. So those two things don't make sense. Um, so what it tells me, though, is that we need to have more women thinking about how they're going to invest. Women put others first. That's really nice. <laughs> but I want you to envision yourself as a greeter one day at Walmart because you made sure everybody was taken care of before yourself. You need to pay yourself for, first, even above your children, I look at my kids today and go, you've got 40 years to work and deal with your life. You, you can do it. And I've had to really be one of those parents who kind of, who kind of drew a line, a line in the sand 
earlier as they were kids, I was really, you know, obsessed with leaving them money and making sure they were set for life and different things like that. And now I look at it and go, you're healthy and you're educated. Go figure out what you want to do. So I have put some other things before them that are more important when it comes to financial things. And then early and often is the only way to live when you're talking about financial planning. And sometimes we just look at it as, well, it's too late. Well, I don't think it's ever too late to start somewhere, but I didn't start till I w- in 1998. And I was uh, going through some personal things that changed, and probably that was my late 30s. But I really had to sit down and prioritize what was important much as I am a CPA, I am not a financial planner. Those are two different things. So I had to listen to professionals, and I'm still listening to them in my fifth decade of life. The biggest thing I had to do was face my fear with it, and, and I had to make up for lost time, and that took me owning it. And I look at financial planning as very complex. I hate reading the statements of how my investments are doing. I don't like seeing what I should buy and sell. I don't want to make those decisions. And I'm like most women. I'm conservative and like my security, but yet I had to make up for some time because I didn't start till late 30s. And I can really say I'm probably not going to be a Walmart greeter because I did those things. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about, you know, that's just my personal experience and I'm being honest with you. I didn't start out from the beginning putting money in the bank. My husband did. My husband works for the post office, and he, from day one, not making a whole lot of money, believe it or not, at the post office 30-some years ago, put something in a 401k. And so he started much earlier in life and was able to retire probably much earlier in life because he did those things. So what should you do? First, got to manage your own money. It's just too hard to make. It's too hard to, to, to earn. And you never know when your earning ability is going to not be there. So you have to manage it, and that's really on you. It's not on anyone else. As I tell my kids with student loans who they don't want to pay them back, I said, when you signed those loans, you didn't say, I'm going to really try to make every effort to pay this loan. (laughs) You said, "I, I need to do this, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to take responsibility. If you have a confidence issue with money and you hate money and you don't want to face it and you don't want to deal with it and you're not an accountant and it's too much, Uh, then picture your life over the next 5, 10, and 15 years without money and a plan. What is it going to look like? What are you going to look like when you don't have the ability to work if you're in labor and now you're older? What does it look like if your industry is changing and you're not changing with it? What does it look like when you just want to hide, maybe hide behind the desk and and then one day you're like, "I I don't have this taken care of? I still am somewhat intimidated by financial planners because I don't feel like I know everything. I just found people that I trust. Then there's the whole caretaking and and enabling the people in your life. And you know what? That takes your resources. My adult children are educated and healthy. They do not need me to hover over them. They do not need me to rescue them. Right now, I have to, as the parent and as the aging parent, take care of myself. I will tell you with my parents who didn't always put together a plan together, we never had to take care of them because they did have their ducks in a row. But they also made sure they didn't hover over us for life either. So you have to be careful with those relationships that do that. And then you've got to focus on earning while you have the potential to do it. You make hay when you can. You seize your opportunities. Life can change on a dime. So you have to really focus on that. You have to track your expenses somehow. 
and I don't mean you need to be sophisticated. I will tell you, and this is almost embarrassing, but I have QuickBooks in my personal life, and I track how we spend money. And there are times I look at it. My husband wants never to look at it. He hates it. But I look at that sometimes and look at what I spend at Kroger's in a month, and it's mind-boggling. Or Starbucks coffee. And, and before you know it, you're going, wow, it took me all that time to earn, and yet I'm throwing it out the door. Not that Kroger's is a bad place, but I probably overshop and I have too much. But tracking how you spend is part of the financial planning. It's just not earning and saving. It's when you get that, what do you do with it? There is that middle-class millionaire all around you you have no idea because they do really watch how they spend. I don't like being around tight, cheap people. I hate that. I hate people that constantly think a coupon is the answer to everything. But there is, a, there is a lot of respect I have when somebody really is kind of intentional about not wasting the money when they spend. This is a big problem for women, and I think you need to, I need to say it out loud, and then you need to, to really look in the mirror and see this is a problem in your life. But you cannot let relationships sabotage your finances, whether that's significant others, kids, aging parents, friends or family, you have to figure out when someone is constantly in your checkbook and you constantly are working and they're not or whatever the case is and they basically are sabotaging. And I've seen enough women be completely taken advantage of and didn't even have a clue or they were so wrapped up in the relationship when they finally were able to break off if they did. They saw it and a lot of of hard money went out the door in a relationship that also went out the door. So I would encourage you with, with relationships like that, y- you have to let go of those. If, if you don't want to be a Walmart greeter, if you want to make your dollars that you work hard for worth their time, it's a long journey. Uh, 40 years, I can't believe I'm in, in my last 10 probably of working. It's best if you take the whole 40 years to, to plan and not the last 10. Because there is no quick fix. You know, there isn't any, I can just, I'm going to now just I'll become a huge saver. It always discourages me, even when I see people who have saved tremendously, and all of a sudden they're diving into what should not be touched until they're 65. I see it all the time. So it's a long journey. It's a journey that takes you all the way till the time you can retire. And people even don't know how much they have when in those 40 years or how much they would need to go beyond 20 years. So don't, don't do that in your life because when you finally get some free time, you finally have a little bit of choice. You want to have some financial freedom there if you can. What should you do when someone says, I can, I can do this for you and shazam. <laughs> it's called quick fix. It's called luck. It's really sad that 28% of our country thinks that the lottery is a great way to plan for retirement. And the other sad part of those statistics are most people, not most, but a good amount of people that win the lottery um, end up in bankruptcy because they don't really know how to handle something, first of all, that big, and they didn't earn it. And then they have everyone at their doorstep, those quick, typical sabotage relationships. So quick fixes and lucks are not there, but, but neither is hope. Hope is just not a strategy. I hope it all works out. <laughs> I hope I don't have to work at Walmart as a greeter. So... Now, I'm not making fun of people who work at Walmart as a greeter. My dad worked till he was 73 because he wanted to. He just wanted to. And when he got to a point where he knew he was going to have to pay taxes on the money, he worked for free. Because for him, getting out and having that purpose was there. 
but it's not a strategy if that's when you still have to pay your mortgage and your rent and all those things. So don't look at hope as a strategy. And if you catch yourself going, well, I just hope my business works out because then I can retire. Not a strategy. You have to know the difference when you're financial planning and, and, and women, you want to really have it all and do it all as we, as we, as we kind of do sometimes. You have to know the difference between bad and good debt. There is good debt. I think your house having debt on it is not a bad debt. It's an investment and it's a place that you can one day call your own. However, when you have to make a $2,000 payment on a house, you probably have to earn three to $4,000 to do that. By the time you tax it and, and give the government their share, and then you're paying interest on that as well. So you have to still go, I know that's good debt because I have an investment, but I still have to really earn a lot to do that. So when you're thinking about decisions like mortgages on a house, which might be good debt and stuff, you have to look at the, the course you're charting and say, but is, is it worth having to make this kind of money to pay this kind of good debt? And, and those are questions when you hit certain ages in life, you really do have to confront. And, and the other thing about debt is everyone's very consumed in, because this is just now how we are, and I'm kind of this way, if you asked me to donate money to your organization, if you gave me a, a card that says, we want to deduct $30 a month out of your account, and you can give us $360 over a course of a year, or if you say, can you write a $360 check tonight, I'm probably going to tell you I like the monthly payment, because we are so geared to that. But what you really have to ask yourself, and it's okay that you have monthly payments, can you afford it, but do you really know what you paid for the car? Do you really know what you paid for the house? Do you really know what you gave to the charity? So it, the mindset of monthly payment is, sure, it's good for budgeting, but you still have to know, was this worth the, the buy? You know, I'm a big person of as soon as Kohl's starts sending me 30% off, I'm thinking, what do I need? What do I need? You know, so you, there's good and bad debt. And, and if you save 30%, but then put it on one of their cards and you just took your time paying it, you, you, you didn't pay 30% less, right? And we laugh and we say those things are common sense, but it's, it's, how, it's how people live. And then they get to a point in life, they're like, what happened? And I can't go back and make, make some things have change. Here's a great way to think when you are charting your course. Overestimate the money needs, and then you get to enjoy maybe the surprise of some excess cash. Now, I'm the person in life, if I lose 10, pound, or if I lose 10 pounds, I know I can eat what I want for the weekend. Instead of going, I could get to 12 pounds, you know, but <laughs> that's just how I think sometimes. So sometimes overestimating, putting yourself to go, I really need a thousand bucks, but man, if I had 1400, let's try to go there and then we'll see what happens. Right. And so then when you need the, needed the thousand dollars and, and now you need nine, you really did well. But if you need the thousand and you needed 12, you, you're still can, you know, you st still can cover it. It's kind of like when people estimate their taxes payments. First of all, either people never will pay an estimated tax to the government, which I get, or they love to overestimate because they hate a tax bill and then they love getting a big refund. Both ways to me are, are crazy. I mean, try to, to, to nail it in and having a little bit of excess that the government has to give you back isn't the worst thing in the world or whatever the case may be. Women are dominating in starting up businesses. We are one who are, I got to do this. I got an idea. I've got a passion. Then we get our kind of, okay, um, my idea 
has turned into a business, but it's killing me because I still, it's this huge investment and I'm not making probably the money I wanted to. So I think we're just on the Big Bang Theory. Um, love to watch that show. It's useless, mindless television. And Penny, uh, of course, is an aspiring actress and she works at the Cheesecake Factory. That's her day job. And she's always broke. And so she decides that she is going to sell some type of jewelry. And she's all excited because she's making this jewelry and she can sell it for five bucks. Until Sheldon comes in the room and logically puts it through and says, you would have to sell this many pieces of jewelry to even pay your rent. At that point, she can't have this mass production to make thousands of things to to pay her rent. When we are charting our course and saying, if I started my own business, I I have so much more freedom and I can really make some money and I love what I'm doing, but it has to be part of the financial plan that it can really work. You know, I'm very fortunate in what I do, and I don't have to sit and talk about a lot of, I got to make this many pieces of jewelry. But in my business, even as a shareholder, I have to sit and say, if I keep doing hundreds of 1040s without a business tax return, I'm probably not going to make the money that I normally do. So do I want to work that hard and have that much chaos in my life? Or some of it is that's just what I do. But is it part of the long-term plan that you can say, hey, I can do this and I can live and I can, I can have a good course that I like. But the other thing in business and, and in, in your personal life are budgets. Very few people live on budgets today. Very few people even know how to create one. Um, when my kids, my daughter was starting to get an apartment, she realized, you know, I don't know if I can afford to live. I said, well, you've got to figure it out. Of course, she finds some app. The app tells you all these things. It creates the budget. And she was a little blown away what it took to live. And she was a little more logical in moving out and not moving out as quickly. And then she thought through, we probably can only afford this. And she really had, she thought through a lot more, still got to have be independent and not live with her mom and still got to have her own deal. You know, the next apartment though, she moved into, she just said, it's time to move. Okay. And they lost a roommate and they paid more for rent and she had to get a different car. And all of a sudden she's like, oh my, because she really didn't think through in a budget format. And sometimes when you're starting your business, you need to take out as little money as possible versus just, it's kind of like my business, so it's my LLC. It's the same thing as, as Joe Smith, you know, but you have to still go, I only can take this much out of my business because if I'm going to use this business as a resource to get to retirement, guess what? I got a plan just like I do in my household. So those are things that you have to do and it's all exciting. I know you're just thrilled, but um, if you, depends on the the Walmart greeter question, I guess. Uh, be informed. It's the biggest struggle I have with our society right now because we have, it's almost like we have way too much information. So we're not getting the right information. And that's a problem for, for anyone trying to handle their finances. And I have people who, I'm not going to pay those brokers any fees. You know, I, I can sell my own house. Um, I, I don't want to pay a realtor. Or I can invest my own money on E-Trade. Well, you better know how to be informed when you do those things and get to the right information. Or, or I would tell you to hire it. You know, I would tell you that you have that advisor. And I have more than one advisor. Because I need to be informed with the right information in clicking on Twitter's article written by someone I don't know representing some agenda or opinion is not information. You know, you have to be very, very careful. And then I think you have to read and then you read. It's all part of owning it. It's all part of charting your course. And there's a 
there's a tremendous amount of books which we will have that you can read that kind of get you in the game, especially if you'd rather read a Dummies for Financial Planning than you would some economics book, right? Which, by the way, I, I don't even read economics books. So, But there's all kinds of things. Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Can Get Smart About Their Money by uh, Barbara uh, Staney. All Your Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan by Elizabeth Warren. Um, not the Elizabeth Warren you probably think of. Your Money or Your Life, Nine Steps to trans- Transforming Your Relationship with Money. Again, you could go online and Google Guide to Women Financials, and you'll find book upon book upon book. You also can get people that can recommend books to you, but I would tell you to do that. Life is too short, and it's meant to be enjoyed. And chances are you will have to work. So make it worth all the time and effort that you do. You can either live in control of your financial path or you can be controlled by it. So I would suggest you today choose wisely and determine how you are going to chart your course to some financial freedom where you can enjoy life on your terms. Okay, so today we've been talking about a financial guide for women. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. And I'd like to really wrap it up today with um, someone who's been in financial planning a long time. And and she definitely is someone um, that I really do business with and like. Her name is Helen Cologne, and she is with uh, Capstone Wealth Advisors. And I met Helen through NABO Columbus, which is the National Association of Women Business Owners. Um, She's had an amazing passion for women, for sure, in financial planning. And really, she takes it a step further by making sure that they plan and they are protected. Uh, She has an amazing career in background, and her passion along with her New York sass, are what sets her apart for sure. (laughs) So Helen, welcome today, and thank you for taking the time that you're going to spend with us. You know, just tell the audience just a little bit about you and your journey in the the financial world. Well, first of all, Betty, thank you for having me. Um, I started out my career back in 1982 as a key punch operator on Wall Street. Okay. Then I uh, grew myself uh, where I became an institutional trader for many, many years. I did that until 2009 where my life trajectory turned and sure. I became a caregiver for five years, which landed me in Columbus and private practice. Yep. Okay. Well, I can't imagine being um, on Wall Street for 28 years, and you were, you were definitely the Lone Ranger. Of course, I know you learned to play golf during that time, because that's yes. what you had to do, right? Um, so, you know, and talk to me a little, just a few. I know you have some certain certification for, that are geared to women. So I have a certification as a certified divorce financial analyst. I received my certification after I met several women who came to me after the their divorce yeah. um, was final, sure, and um, they did not come out of the marriage with um, an equitable uh, portion of the marital assets. Yeah, it distressed me so much that I made it a priority to help in any way that I can, so that other women don't um, end up in that position. Sure. Sure. I think it's one of the things that I definitely have been attracted to you because I I represent a lot of women business owners and um, you're right, that happens. You know, what do you see when you're helping women? You know, what are they doing well and what are they struggling with in the financial world or in their lives? 
Well, Betty, uh, women face unique challenges in their lives. The income gap, where we're only paid 80% uh, to the dollar as opposed to our male counterparts. We have longer lifespans, so typically we will live at least five to ten years longer than um, minimum than our, our male and they have, we have multiple roles and responsibilities, such as becoming a caregiver or going yeah. through a transition such as a divorce. Um, most times women are not, um, they put everyone first and they themselves on the back burner. Right. And that's a huge mistake right. just because I said they live longer, mm-hmm. the challenges. So they need to plan properly and save for themselves for that time. Right. What's really distressful is I was reading, um, and, it, it, and, and I was surprised in the statistic that 85% of women handle the financial expenses in their home, yet only 23%, I believe, right. handle financial planning. And I'll, I will tell you, it's an intimidating thing. Sometimes it's, you feel like, oh no, I, it's confession unto God. I've got to go tell them that I have no money or that I, you know, I'm doing this and I don't know what to do with it. I mean, it's a hard thing to confront sometimes, but it all comes down to, like I said in my podcast, do you want to be a greeter at Walmart or not? You know, do you want to really handle that? So tell me what a successful woman looks like when she is in that 23% and she's doing what she's supposed to, because they tend to manage money better, can more, you know, they're more in, they're better investors sometimes. They're a little more aggressive and strategic. So what does that successful woman look like that, that takes it and says, I'm going to, I'm going to own this? Well, they have to take the fear out of the equation. Yeah. They have to realize that they need some financial guidance, a professional that will help them uh, take that first step, right? You right. need to uh, walk before you run. Um, so a woman that needs, realizes that she needs some type of financial planning, um, is willing to talk to someone regardless of whether they know they have knowledge of investments or not. Right. Uh, that's our responsibility to educate our clients in investments. Um, financial planning is a relationship with the client. I take great pride in developing a team effect around my clients, as you know. Right. I bring in the CPA for the, t- the tax strategies. I bring in the estate attorney for legacy planning, multi-generational planning. Um, and those women that come to me realize that they find value in being, they feel safe. Right. right. They, feel, they feel they have their team around them so they can go on and do what they need to do. Um, financial planning doesn't just... in involve investments, it, we look at risk protection, long-term care. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, t- I work with the CPA with tax strategies, things of that nature. Um, I had a client come to me, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, several years ago that wanted help with financial planning. Her fear was that she was going to live in her daughter's basement right. if she didn't plan properly. Well, I can tell you as of today, that will never happen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she's a great success story for sure. Yes. And it's because she she just faced it, she owned it and said, what do I got to do? You know, because women are that way when we decide we have to do something or that this is a priority, it generally gets done. I mean, we just are like that. Face the fear. Yep, face the fear. And what are common mistakes you see? You know, this is, um, I'm going to just go online and trade all myself because I don't want to pay a fee or... Stop! <laughs> don't do no. that. Yes. What are the what are common thing, you know, mistakes that, that women make? 
Well, not taking that first step, yeah. not realizing that just because they don't know what they don't know is right. they're frozen. They need to get out and find someone that they feel comfortable with, develop that relationship with that advisor, and um, start to educate herself. Yeah. They need to save now, not right. tomorrow, now. It's imperative because, <clears throat> as you said earlier, wouldn't it be sad if you got to that full retirement age and realized that you can't retire Yeah, because you didn't plan properly? It would be wonderful if you could get to that point and say, you know what, the decision is mine. I'd rather choose to right. continue to work than not. Right. I know for myself, I did not start anything till age 38. And I tell my kids all the time, I started with 50 bucks a month into something, you know, and um, they just look at you like 50 bucks a month will never get you there. And of course, now I'm a young 56 years old. I'm so glad <laughs> I started somewhere, started something that, that, you know, and people, I had good advisors around me. And when I realized they weren't good advisors, I got rid of them. I just have a passion about it because you just don't know. And life can change on a dime, you know. One and, phone call changed yep. my whole life. Sure, sure. You were, you're the big dogs on Wall Street. And then, and you said, wow, life changed. And you had to to be a caretaker of parents and you were ready well to do i was it. fortunate to be able to take that experience that from my wall street days and translate that into my private practice yeah and i find most often than not women want to be spoken to not at yeah um so i like to coach my clients into educating them about what it is that they're doing why i recommended something uh, an investment or right. whatever have you. And that way they don't turn around and say, well, J Helen told me to do it. So I did it. No, right. this is why I did it. Yeah. Well, it was great having you here today. I appreciate you taking the time. This is Helen Cologne and she is with Capstone Wealth Advisors in the Polaris area in Columbus. And I would encourage you to reach out to her or find her or get with me because she's just done a fantastic job with um, other women in business. And again, we have a passion together with Navo Columbus and, um, you know, women do not let this part of your life go. Make sure that you have a financial guide that you, that you, it's your course that you are charting. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit bradyware.com resources to download a copy of the financial checklist for every stage of your life. Everything about the Inspiring Woman's podcast this episode and Bradyware and Company Accounting Services can be found in the podcast show notes.